Hello and welcome to game day 13 uh, with myself, Gav Mack, and a very, very festive Stephen Cotton. Well, do you know what? I don't feel Christmassy at all. So this was this was like the closest thing I was going to get. And it has actually cheered me up a little bit because it's just it, it's absolutely sending me that they're flashing. For those of you listening to on, on the podcast, we've got uh, just I've got some fairy lights on my camera. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's absolutely hideous. Oh, my God. Um, but it does give that festive vibe. And that is the main thing. So, yes, you can subscribe to us on all social media platforms as you can see rolling down the bottom of the screen um at to top football uh on facebook twitter instagram youtube twitch uh so on so forth so yes um why don't we get into stuff let's talk about your boys straight away um oh uh, yes because because why not that that that's yeah. why uh, and um, yeah, Manchester United, um, record-breaking Manchester United. Um, Record-breakers. Beat, beat Sheffield United yesterday, three goals to two. Um, it wasn't all plain sailing though, was it? Uh, it wasn't. Uh, this was probably like the most... Well, this one game summed up what United have been like at the minute. Um, going a goal down, obviously, that's how we do things. Going a goal down calamitously, which is how we do things. Um, and we turned it around but I mean first few minutes we didn't look at the races as usual Um, Sheffield United came out uh, and they looked like the the ones that were pushing for a title rather than being at the bottom on one point they they were all over they're all over us Um, first goal is horrific Uh, Maguire plays a pass back across the box to Henderson Henderson thinks he's got all the time in the world and just ends up hitting it against um who did he hit it against? Because McGoldrick followed up and just tapped it into an empty net. No, it was um, whoever the, the uh, was it Fleck? Oh, whoever oh, the Sheffield oh, United. Oh, oh, it was advancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So from as soon as it went one 0 I thought, here we go. This could be it. Um, but I tell you, who had a great game? Uh, Paul Pogba had a great game. Uh, all all game, he was just looking for that ball in behind over the top and. First 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I think we got caught offside about 37 times by trying that ball. But then it paid off because Rashford equalised with a beautiful, beautiful goal. Now, I've got a beef with Ali McCoist because the ball, was it for... No, this isn't this one. This has for Martial's goal. Martial's goal. He, he was like, oh, I don't think I don't think Paul Pogba meant that ball over the top. Yes, he did. He'd been trying yeah. it all for the game. Well, not, yeah, exactly. But, game, but like, it, 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 that makes him sound, that takes a bit of disservice away from Paul Pogba, to be honest. I, I mean, by, by the fact that he was constantly looking for that killer ball. As yeah, well, that, well, that was the game plan by the looks of it. And stuff, but he was looking uh, for that just a little bit extra and he, and he found it. As soon as Sander Berger came off and it was 98-year-old Phil Jagielka up against Marshall, Rashford and Greenwood, the, the, that was it. The game plan was always getting behind and it worked. It worked how many times? I mean, Rashford's first goal, what a, what a touch. Takes all of the pace out of the ball and absolutely just hammers it home. Um, then things did start looking up. Marshall got the second uh, from that ball from Pogba. Uh, he gets quite lucky because he goes for a first-time finish and it kind of, instead of like, he scuffs it and it knocks the ball like between the keeper. So he's got a tap in. But it's good to see Martial on the score sheet. Uh, Rashford then scored his second to make it um, 3-1. Lovely move this from United. Back to front. Uh, Pogba with a little roulette. Uh, Merkin someone. 
got to give the referees credit because we seem to slag them off every week. But um, Greenwood gets wiped out on the halfway line and ref plays the advantage. Yeah. Uh, Bruno then plays the ball to Martial. Martial takes the heaviest touch you've ever seen in the history of football. But it ends up being an absolute perfect layout for Rashford, who it hits it. As, um, it was the touch as heavy as Andre Silva's um, for uh, for Frankfurt a couple of days ago. Because that's probably probably worse. It, it was that heavy that it set at Rashford, and Rashford hit it straight at the keeper. And I'm telling you what, Ramsdale will feel very upset about about that going in. The Sheffield United, Sheffield United kept plugging away. To be fair to them, like they they never gave up on the ghost and. 87th minute they've scored from a corner that wasn't a corner but it's just one of those things it happens they are going to it's the like they have to zoom in on Sky Sports to show that it took a flick so you can't blame the officials or the linesman for not seeing it it's frustrating but then the cross comes in another calamitous goal the defending's all over the shop and then Lindelof just heads the ball into McGoldrick's face and in it goes to set up a really really uh, tense last four or five minutes but some, some call it a blockbuster finish uh <laughs> block, blockbuster not the week before they were closing down and they were selling all their videos for two pounds maybe but not, <laughs> not a blockbuster that, in its full swing Sheffield United man like we've said it before like we all expect them to go down but you've got to feel from so much man like they play good football they weren't terrible like they've pushed us the whole way we should have put this to bed but we didn't but they've pushed us the whole way and it was... I'm struggling to see... I I, I dig that out a little bit because it's Sheffield United, yes, they did push you all the way, but it's a Man United thing at the moment. Why can't you just go out there and play the way you are from minute one rather than play all this nice, fancy, interesting stuff once you go a goal down or even a couple of goals down sometimes? Uh, Do you know what? This isn't a... um, That isn't a new thing. Um, we used to be like that under Fergie. There'd be, mate, how many times I saw uh, under Fergie a Champions League game where we didn't even get going until until it's 60 minutes in and we've gone a goal down. Look, I hate to harp on about it. Look at the, se- look at the season we won the treble, right? How many of those games? Arsenal, like we had to save a penalty and go to extra time. Uh, the Liverpool in the FA Cup, Solskjaer scored in the 90th minute. Um Games in the Champions League where we had to come from behind to, to get a result. That whole treble winning season, every single every look at the look at the final day of the season in the ninety nine season. We had to come from from goals down against Spurs. I don't want to talk to about that one, man, because that that was our title to lose. We, Arsenal lost against Leeds on the put not with day of the season. But like that was Arsenal. All three for it. Arsenal missed it. That's what it was. All three competitions we were in, we had games and results where we didn't get going until we'd conceded a goal or until it was too late. So I, when everyone's now saying that like it's not in the DNA of United, it very much is. It's, it's, we've always been like it. I think, understandably, when in the, in the 90s and 2000s when we were dominating football, we did have that swagger about us. It was like, oh, okay, we don't need to get into high gear straight away. And if they do score, all right, well, Van Nistelrooy will get seven. Do you know what I mean? Like it was that sort of mentality. But now, I don't, we have, like, it scares me. Honestly, like, for, as soon as we went one 0 down, I wasn't instantly like, "Don't worry, lads, we'll come back into this." I was like, "Oh, please, don't do this to yeah, me." Not today. Of Chef United. Yeah, and uh, bag this. Um, but yeah, um, it's. But what, what are you going to do about Chef United though? Because this is the worst start going. One one win. Uh, sorry, one point. Sorry, out of a, a possible thirty nine. But what, like, 
again, we've said it before, looking at that squad, what, what can they do? You could bring in any manager you want with that squad and they're, and they're still getting relegated. They've even said to Chris Wilder that his, um, his reinforcements in January, it, like he's, he's allowed a few loan signings. But they, there's nothing there. There's no, there's no room to bring players in. So, like we said the other week, I think the, the situation now would just be... It is what it is this season, and if they do go down, then keep keep hold of Wilder. Let him; he's building something there clearly. Um, but they they don't have the clientele like we were saying about the Jagielka uh, the Jagielka thing. But they want to play these um, like inverted overlapping centre backs like system. How can you do that with the centre backs they've got? You, you really want Jagielka yeah. pushing? No, no thanks. Like it, you feel sorry for them. I don't think I don't think they invested well after the the, the first season. And the money they did invest in, in like, say, Rian Brewster, the money was too much for what it was. Like, yeah. we, like we've argued about the Ramsdale deal and 20 mil or whatever, it was 19 mil. If, if you combine the, the Brewster and the Ramsdale deal, think how many half-decent squad players or ex-top-prem players they could have got with that money. They could have brought four or five people in. Mm. And I know that sounds like a short-term answer, but... You could go to the championship and go pick up three of the best championship players for 40, 40, 40 mil. Yeah, easy. Um, Probably even four of, of the best. Do you know what I mean? 10 mil each, you know, players that are hungry, ready to, ready to crack on, ready to prove themselves in the top flight. You know, there's there's players out there for them. So, yeah. They, I mean, they've done messed up. I know, I know it's, it's hindsight, but. Looking at twenty million for for Rian Brewster. Listen, I'd I'd have I'd have I'd have seen what Brentford's resolve was like for Ivan Tony. I'd have gone in for someone like that. Like mm. it, he's just destroying the prem, uh, destroying the championship. I think it might be a season or two too early for him. But that's kind of what we're saying is look at players yeah, like yeah. that that are doing well down there. But before we move on from this game, leaves us two, it leaves us a game in hand, and if we win it, we'll be two points off the lead. Could we challenge for the league this year? Well, two teams that are challenging for the league are Liverpool and Spurs. And I think they will have an argument. I think they might have a bit of an argument in regards to that. Man United are quietly going about their business because everyone's talking about the bad things, but never talking about the good things. You know, so if Man United, are, um, if Spurs are in for a, a title push, then why aren't Man United, as far as I'm concerned? Um, Liverpool, yeah. two, uh, Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1. Um, that game finished. We did a live watch along for that. And so you can also see those watch alongs on our YouTube channel um, at sort of Top Football and all social media. Um, Liverpool dominated this game, yet somehow the best team lost, according to Jose Mourinho. Yeah, all right. What, what, were, the, what were the stats for the shots on target? Let me just drag them up. Um, well, Harry Kane didn't get a single shot on target and that, that ruined my um, my Christmas. No, no. no he... No, uh, he had uh, same again. He had more touches in his own box than he did um, opposition. But the stats were Liverpool with seventeen total shots, eleven on target. Tottenham eight total shots, two on target. Uh, Liverpool with seventy five percent possession, seven corner kicks to four from Tottenham. So I know Jose. I know you've got a back. I know you've got to back your own lads and say that you were the better team. But like you literally can't look at any of those stats and tell me that Tottenham. Have been hard done by there. Like, there's no way. Liverpool, Liverpool should have been three or four up 
before the first goal went in. And I thought there were all clear cut chances as well, in particular the, the header from uh, Firmino. Um, there was a couple of shots as well, one from Mane, I think. Oh, ev- everything from Mane was just going straight at the keeper. Same, same yeah. with Salah. It was just going. They were they were doing all the hard work, beating men, uh, getting into the box, and then it was just going straight at the keeper. Like it was, it, it was that. That's why they've got eleven shots on target. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the shot that did go in was heavily deflected, um, but they all count. So there you go. um, This game, as all the games were midweek, were on Amazon Prime. What are your thoughts on Amazon Prime as coverage? Not necessarily the commentators and things like that. I'm talking about the stream itself. Uh, we, we, We had this problem the other week and so did many, many others. It just dips in and out. It stops and starts. It buffers. Like, it doesn't matter how good your internet is or what you're watching on a high-end computer or a fire stick. I mean, I know what you're alluding to because obviously we were doing the watch-along and it was a Liverpool goal kick. And then before we knew it, the the, the screen changed and Hyung-Min Son was one-on-one with a goalkeeper tapping it in. And we, we were yeah, like, like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> Martin McFly's just come and grabbed us and taken us back to the future. Like, none of us knew what was going on. But that happened That happened for me during the United game as well. There was times when it kept ch- chopping and changing. Um, it's so annoying that it just happens at such a key moment. I mean, you can't you yeah. can't equate for these sort of things. I understand that. But for the love of Jesus, man, you know, I'm not a big fan of of Amazon having having the football anyway. We already pay enough for Sky and BT. And then we've got to pay... Um, you know, for Amazon Prime. Well, a lot of people have got Amazon. Prime. I have Amazon Prime anyway, so I'm quite. Yeah. Up, but it's good for me. But... but if you haven't got that, then you still got to fork out another eight quid on top of the sixty, seventy quid package that you've got, plus yeah. another twenty, thirty quid for 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 BT Sport. I just think it's. I think it's quite a, a bit of a joke. It is all getting a bit much. We've said this before, and it's it's just it is getting silly. And, and then but, um, people are going on the fire sticks and getting. Uh, yeah, getting, exactly, man. Getting all that sort of stuff is bad. But uh, let's go back to. The game um once again liverpool just pure dominance um the second half they, they they had a few chances as well and just tottenham were they it's almost like that they their own game plan went to pot because they were yeah, well, they, they were trying to be defensive and soak, soak up the pressure and then hit them on the counter but then because i was being pinned in so much they couldn't even attempt to counter attack afterwards no, no, that, that was it. They literally they they trapped themselves because they just had to. De- they just defended for the last 25, 30 minutes. That was it. They're like they, like you said, they couldn't break out. Um, and he, here's the thing: like the Mourinho football is so it's or it's hit or miss. There's no in between. So obviously everyone's been saying like, oh wow, look at the player Mourinho's turned Kane into. He's a central defensive uh, like powerhouse, and this and he's in his own box. Yeah, but then on nights like last night where it doesn't work you might as well not be playing him. You might as well have just stuck another, you might as well have stuck another central midfielder in there because he's, he, he didn't have any influence on the game going forward whatsoever. Sounds silly because I think he got the assist. Did he get the assist for Son? Uh, no, it's Bergwijn, wasn't it? No, okay, yeah, so that's yeah. fine. But, but, like, but it's, it, he it's just... normally Kane, isn't it? It's normally Kane yeah. assist for Son and vice versa. But, you know, he's a complete, he's the most complete striker in world football as far as I'm concerned, in terms of everything that you want from a, from a centre-forward as a whole collective. He is the he is number one in the world. I don't think he's the best striker, if that makes sense. Lewandowski, for me, is the best striker. The best complete forward is, is Harry Kane. But you don't want Harry Kane tackling Mane in the right-back position. Yeah, mad. You don't no, because that, that did happen. That literally did happen. Yeah, exactly. You don't want him winning the ball on the edge of his own box from Lloris and then turn around and pinging a pass as if he's like Javi Martinez. 
because yeah. he's, a stri- he's a forward. You want him in 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 the in the key areas. Yes, I I like the fact that he puts in the dirty work, and I love that. Mourinho has got all 11 men working in some mad industrial level but at the same time you need you need your key striker at the other end of the pitch and the fact that he didn't have a touch in the opposition box or if it was a touch it was quite a weak I don't know if he had that header didn't he but it's not like he was involved in the opposition box I don't like that I'm not a big fan but um that's um that slowed Tottenham down a little bit and Liverpool, despite their injuries and things like that, they do sit top of the league. Well, we had this discussion on the watch long and I said to Ed, like, well, you're pretty, you're pretty much on your full strength team now. Like there's, and he, he was still saying, well, no, we're missing this. Like, okay, you're missing Van Dijk and Gomez, but Fabinho is a very capable centre-back. I mean, other than that, obviously Thiago... About they're missing Thiago because Thiago weren't there last the, Exactly. Has had, had an opportunity to have an effect on, on where they should be this so, so far this season. I think their injuries are now at a level where they're kind of like it's not drastic like it was before. Like they're kind of on the level with everyone else in the prem. No, we're all we're all we've all got a few players out. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I still I still expect Liverpool to put like really push on from this now. Uh, obviously, this is so cliche or whatever, but um, this 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 Christmas period for this season will really define. Um, how the league shapes. Like once we once we get into the very start of January, I think then we'll know who's really involved in a title race and who really isn't. Well, there's a, a couple of teams that are fluffing their lines on on a title charge. Um, one of them is Chelsea. Uh, they lost two one to Wolves on Tuesday night. This is a bad result for Chelsea because they were one 0 up in this game as well. They were. I watched it. Uh, Wolves deserved at least something out of this game. They were great. Um, Chelsea again they're so hit and miss when they're good they're great when they're not they're not and we said this the other week right and I, and I asked this question a few weeks ago and I'll ask it again bearing in mind I love the guy I've literally got a Leipzig shirt with his name on the back love him Werner at Chelsea man this ain't the one like whether it seems like if he gets played out wide he obviously he wants to come in because he is a striker but then when he does play when he does lead the line he just drifts too much and it's just like he does it, that it, 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 that's his game though isn't it like, I know I, mean, I know but it's so frustrating shirt, and we've seen him do it in a Leipzig shirt wait when where's he, number 11 for God's sake where's winger he wears yes, winger's he, number yeah, like he's a wide man that cuts in and like when you play he he's very much in the mould of Jamie Vardy where if you're playing against um, a high line he is one of the most. He's one of the best players at it. How many balls have we seen for Leipzig and for Germany? A ball get played over the top, or a, a direct cut through pass, and Werner's running onto it and then cutting inside right peg, having a dig, wheeling off for it, celebrating. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't Chelsea's system does not suit Timo Werner and it doesn't suit Kai Havertz. I was just about to say, speaking of doesn't suit him, um, just another abject performance from him, man. And again, we're not we're not saying, we're not writing him off and saying, hi, oh, he's a bum, they've wasted their money because it's Havertz. He will come very, very, very... It's being banded around a lot. That's what that... Well, he, he will come good, but this system, again, isn't for him. Like He's not enjoying this style of play he's looked very 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 average and if he signed for a few other teams in the league for that sort of money I tell you what he'd have been hung out to dry by the press bar now mm. um, but so, someone they've, someone Chelsea have got who didn't cost them the earth uh, opened the scoring Olivier Giroud scored again um, I don't want to talk about Oli G, man. <laughs> oh, you know I love him as well. I've always loved Oli G as well. And like, it's so funny. Arsenal fans 
always dig out Oli G and they say that is not this and not that. I'll tell you what, he had one bad season and that one bad season, if it, if he even had a half decent season, the amount of draws that Arsenal had in the 15-16 season and defeats that could have been avenged by him getting on the on the end of it, it we could we could be talking about a whole different future right now uh, for Arsenal. Yeah. People are using Oli G as a scapegoat, and when we signed Abamyang, people were saying, "Oh well, why can't we? Why couldn't we kept Jura as well?" Um, no, it's part of the merry-go-round. We we needed to get him. Aubameyang at the time so therefore Batshuayi needed to go to Dortmund and then Giroud went to Chelsea so it's all part yeah. of the merry-go-round it's, it's like a bit you know, when, when a manager leaves a job it normally just sparks off that interest like that and that's exactly what happened would love to have Oli G right now you can start him you can bring him off the bench you can have him as a target man he's, he is by far the best near post striker in world football and arguably best near post striker the world has ever seen. And it sounds really extreme. <sighs> name one, name, name a better one. In fact, better, name near two, be, better near post strikers, name me two. There's going to be silence. If people that are listening on the podcast... They, they no, 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 no. Well, that's a bit on the spot there. I'm trying, I'm trying well, to think well, of near post well, strikers. You, you don't get them. You don't get them. And anyone who, who tries to do it doesn't do a good enough job at it. Oli G is the best at it. And Chelsea... Well, Got him at a steal, and he is he is he is just scoring goals for fun. His moment. his goal in this game came at the near post, but it probably shouldn't have done because the ball was come in. Um, it's a snapshot of like half volley volley from I think it was a volley uh, from Giroud. He's kind of gone straight out Patricio, and it's squirmed under his body, and he's yeah, he's been cleared off that. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, goal on technology, it's a goal. Um, but then uh, Wolves just really, really, really sparked into life. Wolves mm. really wanted this. Um, Podence scored an absolute banger. Uh, yes, he did. Dan- dancing feet inside the box, taking it like taking it around players, and then uh, curled it into the top corner. Mendy doesn't expect it at the near post, and it just goes straight in. And then obviously all the drama. Neto in the ninety plus five with an absolute outstanding goal and Chelsea lose again. Uh, Chelsea, are they still in the title race? Um, well, of course they are in the title race because it's so damn tight up there. But um, will they win the title? Hardly doubt it. Um, what I do now after just, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of holes in what they're doing. Plus they haven't beaten anyone in the top half. All their no, they haven't. That's it. Teams in the bottom half. So yeah. they, need to, they need to turn that around. And the, the more that goes on, the more questions will be asked of Lampard and, you know, Max Allegri is just sitting down, just smoking cigars and, and drinking frigging martinis and stuff. So it, it, it could be a shout for him. Um, Man City, they are the, the other side that are knocking around in a title race, they're calling it. But I think they're far off the pace at the moment, man. Um, Man this City was won, a, West Brom won. This was a struggle to watch, man. Um we, we've said it a few times over the last few weeks, man, about um, that not so much an inquest for Pep, but City haven't been anywhere near what they used to be like. They look like a spent force. They look like a shadow of them former selves. And this game summed it up, man. Like, they went 1-0 up through uh, Gundogan, but I don't know if it was just before this or it was either before this or after it to make it 1-0 or 1-0. West Brom had a very, very good chance uh, oh, that was, was wasted. It was, there, was one, there was one that was early doors, wasn't it? Colonel Grant. Yeah, that um, was it. Yeah, Grant, straight yeah. in the keeper. That would, yeah. have made it, that would have made it 1-0 West Brom. And he's got to do better. 
because yeah. he's got himself in the right position. He's arched his body. He's not hit it cleanly, but as far well, as... Well, yeah, he's opened his body. He's practically penalty spot looking at Edison and doesn't put yeah. it either corner. He just rolls yeah, it at him. Rolls it to him. Every, I'm not being funny. I don't care whether it's early on in the game or things like that. And also, yeah, but Colonel Grant, is he all that or that sort of stuff? I'm not trying to say he's a world beater, but I'm expecting a League Two um, player to, to make finish it that. work. At least in in the situation that he was in, with the zero, with the complete lack of pressure on him as he's taking the shot in terms of personnel, he's got to make the goalkeeper work. But you yeah. know they they're, they're going to be happy with the draw. Yet it's a manager a management uh, casualty. He's the first manager to be sacked in the Premier League this season, and it's Slavin Bilic. Couldn't see this coming. I I I thought the first the first manager to get sacked I thought would be. Uh, either Scotty Parker mm. or who else did we say Scotty Parker or Arteta I did not see it being Milic at all I mean so West Brom got their got their goal it was, it's gone down as an own goal but it's a shot that's had a bit what, of a deflection what, 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 I, I looked at this a number of times the distance you can't really tell whether it be on target or not but from the angles that I saw uh, I thought it, it was on target I yeah I thought it was yeah, uh, yeah I think Soyuz is going to be a little bit upset it but then City just goals panels West Brom did very well to just dip, like they really dug in deep here and just defended for their lives. But City just offered nothing, man. Aguero came off the bench with 10, 15 minutes to go, didn't get a shot on target, didn't really get involved in the game. Honestly, they look so spent. And I think, I, I honestly think Pep might, this, this might be his last season. I just can't it's see where. It's just on the yeah, but. So, yeah, but that'll be a nice little payoff. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like they can't afford to, to sort that out, really, is it? Um, but yeah, so, so Big Sam going into West Brom, like, do you think that's going to keep him up? Um, this time round, no. I don't think it will either. Uh, yeah, uh, there, there are uh, 17 teams that are better than them. Yeah. So that, well, that, this... that, 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 that's, that's it. That would be the first time he's been relegated in the Prem. I was going to say, is it the first time he's been relegated? Yeah. Um, it just seems like a crazy move, man. Like, okay, results may not have been going your way against teams around you, but to do it after you've drawn one all with Manchester City is just, it doesn't make any sense. They must have, they must have already had, they must have had big Sam lined up for the last two or three weeks and they were waiting for an did. excuse. Of course yeah. they did. And I, I think that's a bad time to do it, especially after getting such a big club. All right then, it's time for this. These last couple of days are prime example as to what are Everton, aren't they? Yeah, you know, summed up. Um, and, and the reason, and the reason why we've gone to this game is because we talk about um, title credentials, and Leicester have been knocking around there. And if they won, you know, they'll be right in the faces of the guys at the top again. But you know, they've they've just lost two 0 at home to Everton. Uh, Everton's goals uh, came from Charleston and a first ever goal for um, Mason Holgate as well, which he'll love. Which I do want to I want to talk about a couple of bits and bobs in in regards to the goals in this game because if if this goalkeeper was at Man United, him and Rory Patricio and, and Mendy, who have all made mistakes this week, um, we would be... They'd be getting absolutely hammered. Why is it so quiet on the Casper Schmeichel front here? Because uh, Leicester, Leicester are that lovable team, aren't they? Obviously, they won the league against all expectations, and everyone was happy for them. And I think it's just one of those where everyone everyone likes the league, uh, everyone likes the team, everyone likes the player. It's, it's a really, really... 
poor bit of goalkeeping. Like it should it should never be going in. Um it's gone under his body. I don't know. Keepers just have those days, don't they? The thing is if you're a striker and you miss four or five half decent attempts every game, Gabriel Jesus, then it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But if you're a goalkeeper and you only have two or three things to do all game and you mess up one or two of them, like the spotlight is on you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, uh, if we were going to dig out every keeper like, every time they make a mistake, we'd be here forever. But it just wasn't good goalkeeping from a goalkeeper. You'd expect more from. Mm. Um, Everton decided to drop Pickford uh, for this game as well. Uh, Anschlott has openly come out and said that, you know, it's nothing like to do with Pickford's form or anything like that. He is very much their number one. That might just be a bit of chat just to keep, just to try and keep him a little bit happy. But a clean sheet in this game and in classic Everton style, they've got Arsenal at the weekend who have been absolutely dog. Uh, Everton will lose 4-0. Everton will probably lose that game because this is what Everton are. We don't know what Everton are meant to be and what they do. And that's the whole point of us having this section of what are Everton every single week. And the fact that they've just beaten Chelsea, clean sheet. They've just beaten Leicester, clean sheet. what, What are Everton now expecting? I don't know. I, can't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I mean, first four games into the season, they were going to win the league. The next four games, they were going to get relegated. And now that now they're, they're, they're it's win loss, win loss, win loss. Like I don't even know what to expect. Um, I mean, normally in any normal season, I'd say Everton would be really happy to finish Europa League. Oh, that's going to be a tough arc this season with the amount of teams that are up and around the top six. It's it's crazy up there. So I mean. Pfft. I don't know. I couldn't really tell you. I'd, I'd say European football of some sort would be their, be their aim. Yeah. They need to get minimum Europa League this season, as far as I'm concerned. If they do that, I think that they might be able to push on into something else. Every uh, If they're looking at buying players from elsewhere, players will want to play in Europe and then push on. I'm sure they will. Um, they need to... They they need they need to uh, <laughs> they need to get over that. Um, yeah, don't worry. You've, you've already missed you've already missed the Spurs game, Holly. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. You, you've 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 done well. You've done well. You've um you've um you saved yourself. But um, we I think we're going to um, do a watch along for the Chelsea Spurs game on Monday. But um, um, that's something I actually want to talk to you about, Holly. So um, we, you 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 stay tuned, um, my love, and we'll we'll catch up um after 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 the show. Um, Everton are a joke. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that uh, <laughs> that Arsenal might actually. Get you know what? It, it, it was absolutely mental watching the watching a game that Everton were playing with a team in blue having a really bad goalkeeping performance and me not being angry it was Jordan Pickford so it was, it was a nice change of pace that was indeed um, Southampton are in a brilliant season so far this season um, so I fully expected at 9-4 to four that I was going to be printing money of uh, a Southampton victory and uh, when, when Theo Walcott scored I, I was like here we go I knew he was going to score and I should have put a wedge on him to score the opener or at any time. I think it would have been good whack. Do you know, um, do you know what makes me laugh? Um, every, everyone going on about Walcott, like, oh, it's nice It's nice to see him celebrating even though he's, he's, he used to play for Arsenal. Uh, are you forgetting where he came from as a, as a boyhood player? Like, this Southampton is his team. Like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, I'm... I'm, I'm so glad that he even knows his former club. Like, behave. That's his former club well, as well. well like, yeah, well, I, I think players should celebrate. Go celebrate, man. Um, just score the it goal. Depend- just don't, it go, depends. don't be a dick about it. Don't add it by your army. Yeah, it That's depends, man. Like, if you, 
if if Wayne Rooney came back tomorrow and scored against United for Derby, I don't think, I think he'd give it up. Wayne Rooney gave like, it large against uh, against Everton when he scored for Man United. Yeah, but yeah, yeah he but he's matured. He's matured since then, hasn't he? No, I'll never I forget. Think, I think Ronaldo. Celebrate. Ronaldo yeah, in the Champions yeah. League when he was literally like, sorry, and it was like, ah. Uh, I apologise for doing uh, your job. No, I know, but if you if you do have a real special affinity with the club, I'm not, I'm not talking you spent two or three years there. Like, if you had a real affinity with the club, I can understand being a bit more respectful, mate. I'm not saying just stand there in silence, but not like you said, not add a boy or it or not go absolutely mental. But mm. now, um, Arsenal are shoddy. <laughs> that, that is putting it polite. That, that, that is, um, it, it's very, um, it, it's way before watershed for me to go on it. And we do actually have something on our YouTube channel because there was that lad who had the mad rant about it, wasn't it? George Watts. He's gone completely viral and we had him on the channel, which was, uh, which was brilliant of him to, to come by. And he had calmed down slightly from it, but there were encouraging signs here from Arsenal. And that happened probably the last five, ten minutes of the first half and up until the Gabriel sending off, where Arsenal looked a lot slicker. They were passing the ball around a lot quicker. They were moving for each other. Players actually wanted it. Um, and the goal, I thought, was was quality. Bukayo Saka not giving up, you know, jinking through every ta- every tackle, every every nudge that he got. He just stood tall, um, found the ball, uh, fed the ball to Eddie Nketiah, who flicked it onto Aubameyang, who finally found a way of scoring in the right end. Um, early second goal in open play this season as well, which is um, well, for the correct team. Anyway, no, in fact, yeah. say, uh, or, or, or in total, isn't it? Because the goal that he scored last week, the own goal was from a set piece, wasn't it? So, <laughs> so he yeah. scored two goals. But um, Theo Walcott, I thought Theo Walcott's goal was lovely. And this is something that I've said for years about Theo Walcott, that if you're playing through the middle, he's one-on-one, he is brilliant. And his finishing techniques are their quality. He's a very good player at it. Just don't let him cut him from the wing. And I was watching the game with my missus and I said, when he was, I was like, this is what he can do, but he's just terrible at crossing the ball. And lo and behold, two minutes later, he's running down the right wing and he crosses the ball and it literally is it's awful. I expect my daughter to yeah. do better with it. Oh dear. But yeah, Arsenal but, at the end of the weekend. Uh, Arsenal now average uh, a red card every seven games under Mikel Arteta. Yeah, um, yeah, because it was his 50th game and he's picked up seven red cards. Uh, that is chaos, mate. Off seven times in his reign so far. It's not even been a full calendar year. Chaos. That's bad. Now, the Gabriel situation, the, the two yellow cards are complete defensive naivety. The first one, he didn't. He, he wasn't even involved in that in that in the in the play at that moment. He didn't have to go and make the tackle, so I don't understand why he got involved in it. And it was a guaranteed yellow card. The Mate, he could have been booked five or six times. Oh yeah, he could he, he could have been. And the second one that he got a yellow card for, once again, uh, it's Theo Walcott. Is quick. He had cover. Just just have a little nudge if you need to, but then just let him go. Yeah. Try and hold him back. Theo Walcott using his professional mindset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel the contact. I'm gonna initiate it. I'm gonna go down. And by doing that, we're gonna be in the ascendancy. Arsenal had to defend at that point. And at one point, I think they had six defensive-minded players on the pitch. But it worked for them. That's twice that they've been down to ten men recently and been able to to get a draw uh, against uh, against the run of play. So 
There, there were encouraging signs in Arsenal there, but anything more than a tenth place finish, I'll be. Um, Do you know what? it's great? It's crazy how the times have changed. Where like ten men, regardless of whether you had ten men, because obviously your thoughts going into the game, getting a draw against Southampton now is seen as like a whoa, well, that's whew, take that. Well, they had a brilliant season. I mean, like, look at look at the Man United game. You know, they could have like Man United were, were, did bloody well to come back uh, and win that game, but. You know, Southampton, they were 2-0 up and they were cruising. Maybe they, they need to learn a bit of professionalism a little bit themselves. But they're, they're, they've been playing some really good football of late. Arsenal was yeah. a very good manager. Yeah, got, but Arsenal, Arsenal of old... Arsenal of old, you wouldn't have been happy with a point against Southampton. No, of course not. But this is this is, this is this is like Arsenal of, of now and there's certain yeah. things that to deal with. Um team that would be probably hanging around with us um, down that end of the table is West Ham and this London derby ended one apiece there was a red card in this game as well yep well because Ben Teke uh, angered the gods by scoring midweek and this week so uh, he what did he, he got two yellows didn't he yeah, um, if my two yellows. I can't remember the first yellow card, but the second one, I feel so sorry for him. He's yeah, going he's soft. He's gone. He's put his arms out naturally. His eyes are on the ball the whole time. He doesn't even look out for another player. He's gone up and he's reached out and he's not elbowed. He's not elbowed anyone. He's not forcefully done anything whatsoever. If anything, at absolute worst give a free kick. And even if it is on the Tottenham process, it still wasn't enough to warrant a yellow card. I think a free no. kick alone would have been a harsh decision. Um, but yeah, he scored the opener. Header. Classic Ben. Good header. It was a good header as well. Yeah, as well. Uh, the West Ham equaliser though. Whoo! It's about Tom Holler actually. Because we gassed him up mad last year. Like we were, we were giving it big. Um, it's about time we started performing well but this overhead kick oof chef's kiss top Filth. bins yeah, yeah lovely. Um, West Ham they I, I think they'll be wound up by this result but Palace haven't exactly been that bad this season have they I think they've, they've no they've been alright they've been alright um, there's been a couple of games where they've actually been able to score more than one goal and it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been IU so fair, fair play to Palace that's um, I think I think I don't think either team will necessarily be happy with this result but when they look back on it later on in the season, I think there there won't be many complaints about yeah. being um, just just uh, off the fact off the case of the fact of how how both teams have been doing so far this season. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Leeds. Uh, Leeds United five, Newcastle United two. Um, goals everywhere. Um, Seven different goal scorers: Bamford, Rodrigo, Dallas, Alioski, a worldie from from Harrison, um, Jeff Hendrick opened the scoring for for Newcastle in the twenty sixth minute, and then Kieran Clark he uh, he got an equaliser. There was five headed goals in this game. I think I've been trying to do some research. I think this is the most amount of headed goals in a Premier League game. Yeah, we were talking about this just before we went on, didn't we? I was I was just rewatching the goals and. Um... For the first, it wasn't even just five goals. The f all five goals when it was three-two were all headers, and I was like, "What is going on here?" It's driving me insane. Some of them shouldn't have gone in, um, no. but Patrick Bamford really showing me up because that's his ninth goal now. I mean, barring an absolute miracle, he is going to hit ten. So, Christine, if you want to get in touch, I'll get that lead shirt made up and sent out to you. <laughs> yep. Um, just please, Patrick Bamford. 
don't go to the Euros or get an England call-up because that will cripple to up top and then we're going to have to start asking for, for sponsorship elsewhere. Yeah. You know, like, so I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. Um, no, listen, I, I, I'm not starting off an OnlyFans, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> but Leeds United, um, they they performed in this game pretty much how they performed the whole of last season. And when they click, they are brilliant to watch. It is, mate. It's just attacking, aggressive, fast-paced football. Like... There's a reason why they have travelled the most in out of all teams in the Premier League, like the distance covered in a game. They just yep. don't give up on any ball. They chase you down. They harass you. Like you just any team that will come, any team that wants to go play at Ellen Road and wants time on the ball or wants to play their game, you, you're not going to have it because I mean I don't even I don't know how I don't know how teams like Tottenham are going are to fare when they go play Leeds because it's just going to yeah. be it's just going to be too much. That they, they look so good, man. It pains me to say it, but. Fair play to them. I mean, they've waited. They've waited enough to, to come back into the league, and, and now they're here. They look. They look like they never left. They look. They yeah, look great, exactly. man. They, they, they've come and they've proven a point. They're here to stay. They've got a lot of young young players. Not talking like teenage. They've got a couple of teenagers, but they've also got a lot of players that are aged like twenty to 25, 26, Which that's that's you. If you, if your core is that, uh, including a rookie goalkeeper, who, if I'm honest, I can't see him being there for a great deal longer. I think I think he'll stay he'll stay out to the end of the season, most definitely. Excuse me, but if he keeps putting performances in, I can't see any reason as to why a big club don't go in for him. And I know that if he was to go there, he would be starting. He is a talent. He looks like he's about four years old. He looks like yeah. he's about about three foot eight, but he's six foot four. He looks skinny, but he's got presence. He knows how to command his box. His distribution's good. He's a brilliant shot stopper, you know, so he's got all those things and he's only going to get better when he's only 20 years old. Yeah, for some, yeah, I definitely, the first time I saw him, I thought he was, uh, I said I said he was really short. Um, yeah, but he's, he's not apparently. Let me just check what that is and um, feet. So he, yeah, so he, yeah, he's, well, he's six five, he's six five, six five, six five point one, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say a Bundesliga team because obviously, um, is he German? Why have I got it? No, he's French. Young French, yeah. I don't know why I had it in my head. Well, there you go. We'll be off to PSG to replace uh, Navas and whatever gold. Well, De Gea might be to be fair. Who knows? But yeah, he's he's had some really good performances this season. Uh, Meslier, he's, he's been decent. Mm-hmm. As of yeah. as of Leeds, I mean Newcastle. We touched on it the other day. Like, what realistically do Newcastle fans expect out of Steve Bruce and the club? Um, I mean, I'm, I don't even know anymore. Uh, the, the Newcastle have been half decent this season. I don't don't get me wrong. I mean, where are, where are they sitting in the table? They're currently Leeds and Newcastle are 13th and 14th. Uh, with Newcastle have got got a game in hand. So, I mean, if Newcastle win their game in hand, right, they can go up to 10th with Wolves. How is that a bad season for Newcastle? Why are people still coming for Bruce and digging him out? I don't, I don't get it. I think it's because um, they always expect that they're going to get a takeover. One day they'll get a takeover and they're going to have bags of cash and they'll be able to um, attract a, a, a proper, you know, stellar signing. You know, remember when they were banded around that they might get them back or something. Yeah. Or, you know, get like a blockbuster manager. You know, they constantly, they just think that they're going to get, they, they think that they're better than they are. That's, that's what yeah. Newcastle's problem is. They think that, after a couple of 
runners up positions in the Premier League in the mid 90s that they are a big club. No, they are a small club with a massive fan base in a one team city. That's well, yeah. Well, where, where are Sunderland now? Like, no, 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 I mean, that's the kind of the closest thing is that, and that, yeah, exactly. That's that's all they've got to go by. It's like, yeah, we'll beat so like we beat Sunderland, yeah, or we beat Middlesbrough, yeah, we're hard. No, you're not, mate. You're Newcastle. (laughs) Just remember who you are, remember where you come from. Um, you haven't got you haven't got Alan Shearer anymore, he don't care about you. Get over it, end of. (laughs) Um, and that's. Glenn McAndrew, are you watching? Uh, right, um, Fulham nil, uh, Brighton nil. I think the only major talking point in this game for me were, well, there's two actually. There was um, two VAR shouts. Um, the first one, Lalana's goal, which I initially thought VAR were looking at for, hand, for, for offside. And I thought it was embarrassing, but it was ruled out for handball. Rightfully so, but I've got beef of it, Cotton. And the reason why I've got beef of it is because they were talking about um, if it was if if handball in uh, a direct goal scoring opportunity, and it happens to Chelsea earlier on this season, I can't remember who the opposition was. Havertz, Havertz. Uh, yeah, I want to say it wasn't against us, was it? But Havertz basically, no. it was literally like it was yes. very, very, very clear. He it down, and then he squared it, and then whoever it was slotted it home, and the goal stood. Yeah. Whereas this one, so for me, what does Lalana need to do? Take a touch, turn turn his back, flip again, little Cruyff turn, and then slot it home. Because if he does that, then how much time would have passed? Probably about two seconds, but it's no more than what happened in the Chelsea game earlier on this season. It was the West Brom game when they came back from 3-0 against West Brom. Yes, you're damn right. Bang on the money. It's exactly exactly the same happened in that game, but their goal yeah. was allowed to stand. So why was that allowed to stand and Lalana's weren't? I don't know. Do you know what? What we're talking about, like the, the VAR and stuff. There was a few instances this week in a few of the games where just creeping back in, where linesmen are putting up their flags really early. Um, I thought the whole point in the minute was let the guy take the shot on. Um, yeah, and then yeah. there was one in the there was one in the United game last night. Marshall was called offside, um, and it's very, very, very marginal. But it's like straight away, and it's like, well, let the let the no, geezer shoot. Liverpool Spurs game. Yeah, let the guy shoot. If he scores, go and have a look at it. Like, I thought that was the whole point of it because, again, if if you're putting your flag up too early and you've got it wrong and he's through on goal, then what? Yeah. I mean, we had that in the first year of VAR and it was hilarious. I can't remember what game it was, but do you remember, like, Uh, they carried on. Everyone stopped, if you remember. Um, Aubameyang scored. But for me... It was onside, but for me, you can't allow that goal to happen because he's put the flag up and... Everyone no, stops. Everybody stops. I know you should play to the whistle. That's not the fundamental rule that you learn that when you like when you first kick a ball, um, you got to play to the whistle. But if, if that goal for the spirit of the game should not have stood. I'll but a, f- a flag, a flag from the lino is just it's just as good it's as a whistle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If like if you see if you see it go up, then it's simply like all right. Well, here we go. Like yeah. you don't expect you don't expect the referee to like oh, I don't know. It's it's mad. We'll be here all day if we just keep talking about VAR. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other game that finished nil nil um, was um, Villa versus Burnley. <sighs> Villa Villa dominated the game for the first half hour, forty minutes, and then Burnley just just put their stall out. I think they knew exactly what they wanted from this game, and that was a point. So, yeah, I watched it. It was uh, again that was a, that was another one that was pretty yeah. pretty bleak to watch. I tell you what, though, I, I doesn't care. It doesn't matter if Villa lose, draw, or whatever. 
Just watching Jack Grealish play football is just oh, so, so lovely at the minute, Mum. Anyone who doesn't like Jack Grealish as a football player, get your head wobbled and checked out. Because you want Adam Deering, get on the channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Deering, yeah, I want to hear from you, pal. Um, but, <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, whatever he does off the pitch, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, especially after um, the, the picture from last week, um, and all of his, you know, antics. His band's you know, who, who cares? I don't care what he's doing off the pitch. On the pitch, he is a magician. I He is so easy to watch on the eye. He wins the ball from deep. He just wades through players and just feeds it off his little flicks and 50-yard diags and like powerful strikes and whatever. He's, I love him. Do you know what? This is a double-edged comment sort of thing. And I'm, and I'm glad that they're leaving him alone a little bit because obviously it, it does ruin talent. Look what they did to Rooney. Look what they... Like even Rashford's doing like good work and they're still trying to cuss him out. But again, I'll say it again. If Jack Grealish wasn't playing for Aston Villa and he was playing for Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, whatever, and this was the third time he'd been caught driving while drunk or this this he broke protocol to to, to do whatever, there's no way there'd be th- th- this little amount of stories in the press. Like yeah, they covered his drink driving in comparison to Maguire. Oh, it's mad. It's mad. Well, not even yeah, just yeah. that, right? Greenwood and Foden did what they did, yeah? And that, that went on for months. So Grealish got pictured with his lady friend the other day, right? So surely that's a breach of something, right? He's yeah. like, he's then, this is the that, third that, time he's been caught. Is, is it? No, of course it's not. And this is not <laughs> the third time he's been caught drink driving. He's got to be involved in there somewhere. Hasn't he? But this, honest, honestly, if 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 a if a United player or an Arsenal player was caught drink driving and literally ploughed their car into like three or four cars, they'd be outraged, mate. Like, people would be called. People would be calling for him to be banned for a few games in the Premier League. What kind of role model is this? But again, it's cheeky, chappy Jack Grealish. So it's kind of like he loves it. That's why. Absolutely loves it. Um, let's have a look at the tables. Uh, let's have a look at the bottom half of the table first of all. Let's uh, just remove that banner. Uh, yeah, get yourself familiar with it. Get yourself familiar with it. So, um, bottom of the table is, uh, well, it's bottom half of the table, so 11th down, Sheffield United, rock bottom, one point all season. And that was against 18th place Fulham, who are sitting on nine points, uh, just a point from safety um, from Burnley, who have a game in hand. Um, Aston Villa top the bottom half of the table on 19 points. There's um, a, a, a tiny little club in 15th place there um, in Arsenal, who have got Everton at the weekend. Um, um, the top half of the table looks like this. Um, Liverpool back on top of the league. Despite all their injuries and all their excuses, they are three points clear, having only lost one game this season, which was that harrowing defeat to Aston Villa 7-2. Tottenham in second place, 25 points. Uh, Southampton in third and Leicester finished the top four. But this is what I was saying earlier on today. You know, they all fluffed their lines. You know, Leicester, Southampton, Chelsea, you know, all knocking around at that top half of the table. Everton, um, with that victory over Leicester, propels them into fifth place um, on 23 points. Um, And, you know, it's only eight points separating Liverpool in top spot and Wolves in 10th, which is crazy stuff. Look at us there. Like, we've got a game in hand. We win that. We go 26 with two points behind Liverpool. And... We will fall off come come the end. I think the Christmas period will, won't be a great time for us, but it's good. It's good to dream, isn't it? It always good to dream. Um, Arsenal dreaming of surviving the um, relegation this season, and um, right. the fixtures. Uh, the fixtures look like this. 
Um, so the games on Saturday, it's a full week's fixture um, over the next over the next uh, um, few days. So Saturday is uh, Crystal Palace versus Liverpool, Southampton versus Man City, Everton versus Arsenal and Newcastle versus uh, Fulham. Then on Sunday, we've got Brighton versus Sheffield United, uh, Tottenham versus Leicester, Manchester United versus Leeds, which we're having the live watch along for, and then West Brom versus Aston Villa, um, which will be going live after that show with the review. Um, Then on Monday, we have uh, Burnley versus Wolves and Chelsea versus West Ham. Ham. So yeah, there's some um, there's some very interesting fixtures knocking around there, Cotton. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna break some hearts though. I'm gonna miss the first half of the Leeds um, United game on Sunday due to work, as it's really busy this weekend. But I will, so I will as soon as it at that point anyway, and then exactly, and I'll come on. Yeah, you know that's so that's I'll, I'll guys do really, isn't it? I'll definitely, I'll definitely jump on. Um, but yeah, there's some really good fit. Uh, the, uh, the Everton Arsenal game. I'm again, I'm working for. Um, Where's tier three? Um, that would be a great game. I think that 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 and the Leeds game. I think are the two standout fixtures of the weekend. I think they're going to be. Was that was that Chelsea West Ham on Monday? Was it? Yes. Oh, I'm making that up. That would be a good game as well. I think in the in the current current scheme of things. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just so glad that we've got football back. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea at home as well. Oof. Uh, well, they've lost Burnley two the spin. They're not going to want to win, uh, lose a third. And uh, West Ham have got a little bit of history with playing at uh, Stamford Bridge. That that famous 1-0 win with um, Dan Martin in goal. So, uh, you know, you never know what can happen. But um, that, that's pretty much it from us uh, this afternoon, isn't it? It is, yeah. Been a, um, been a uh, don't think there's any on a Friday afternoon. No, it's nice, isn't it? Straight after work for me, ready to ready to pounce. And um, you can follow us on all social media: um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Two at Top Football on all social media platforms. And did you know if you put Two at Top into Google, our name comes up first? Southgate out. Thanks <laughs> for myself and Cotton. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, and and all of you that are signing out of office now for Christmas, enjoy your time. Watch plenty of football, drink plenty of beer. Have a lovely time. Love that. And stay safe.